If this episode sounds a little weird or off, it's because I've taken all of everybody else's music, like <laughs> celebrities' music, off of my episodes. So if I'm making references, that's what that means. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back at the Queen's Table Podcast. I am your host, Marissa J. And yes, I have been gone for quite a while uh, without actually having leaving any to go anywhere fun. I have been working <laughs> nonstop. Uh, I have not had a day off in two months, so that is, explains my absence. Things are going to uh, be a little bit more consistent here. Uh, this year, a lot of things are going to change. Lots of big things happening, lots of major things happening, and I am super excited about that. Um, so yeah, so before I get into talking about today's episode, I do want to go over a couple of different things. Um, I will be starting sponsorships, so we're going to test that out, uh, this podcast and the next couple of podcasts. So I'm going to be testing out some sponsorships and seeing how that goes. Yes, I will still continue to promote black owned businesses, um, one that I'd like to, one, uh, it's not a black owned business. It is a black hosted show um, that I want to tell you guys about. It's called Tariq Radio. You guys need to get in on that. I'm not going to talk too much about it because um, just listen to an episode. Go find them. Google search them. He'll pop up. TariqRadio.com. He is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, that's a good friend of my brother's, and he he put me on to one of his episodes, and now I just cannot stop listening to him. He is absolutely amazing. One of the things that he does do is um, he has a funding page for some of the uh, people that he either interviews or talks about in his shows. Uh, it's called melanoidnation.org. Go donate as much as you possibly can. This is what I was talking about in the last episode, how we need to start helping each other, uh, throw something up online and just get people to, to start contributing. Um, again, that's melanoidnation.org. And this is from TariqRadio.com. Go there, check out his show. Uh, he's absolutely amazing. Um, so another, a, a couple of other things that are happening, uh, I've gotten some new equipment <laughs> for this podcast, and so I'm going to be testing that out as well, which is one of the reasons why it's taken me so long to put this episode out. I wanted to get it out yesterday on January the 9th, but um, some things were happening and I wasn't able to do that. Uh, this episode is about uh, Donald Trump's speech that he made on the 8th, Tuesday, January the 8th, 2019. I wanted to do a podcast about it because I thought, and a lot of people thought that he was going to declare us in a, the United States in a state of emergency. And he didn't actually do that. And uh, the, um, the actual speech was, I think, nine minutes and 43 seconds long, less than 10 minutes long. Less than 10 minutes long, and I was so afraid that we weren't going to have enough enough content, but we really dug in it, and 
it, it, this is a great show. It is a great show, a great topic to start off 2019. I'm really excited about it. Um, some other major things are happening this summer. And as that as that date approaches, we'll get a little bit more into it. But I'm so super excited about all of the big changes that are happening. I need a graphic design artist. <laughs> I need a graphic designer and a uh, producer, a show producer. If you or if you know of anyone that is interested in either one of those things, please hit me up at tqtpodcast at gmail.com. That's tqtpodcast at gmail.com. Um, well, so that was odd. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, so there's just a couple of things that I have. That, that's one of the main reasons why I need a, uh, a producer for this show, because there are so many different uh, buttons for all of these new toys that I've got. And I don't know how to <laughs> properly use them. <laughs> I know that's silly, but um, because of the things that are going to be happening this summer, I needed to be able to get some new, some new equipment in here and uh, fiddle around with that, but I need a producer. So if you know of anyone, please sing your information at tqtpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have any topic ideas or you just want to comment on onto the show, um, I've got a couple of those that I'm going to read once I get a little bit more so that way I can spread them out and, and start reading them uh, either the beginning or the end of each podcast. I do not know if I'm going to have a um, an outro. I don't believe I'm going to have an outro for this particular podcast for a multitude of reasons. Um, the main one being I want to get this. I want to hurry up and get this out there. I'm not trying to rush through it. but um, And I think that I can say everything that I need to say during this intro. So that's why we're not going to have an outro this episode. But don't think that I'm changing the format. I'm not changing the format. It's just... For this particular episode, there will not be an outro. So um, that is that. Uh, one last thing. So, yes, this podcast is for Black women, okay? The Queen's Table is for Black women, and I, I, um, I'm I, fully aware of that <laughs> as I'm the one who started this podcast. However... I feel as though information is a lot better than misinformation or disinformation. And the most informative person that I know about political uh, topics is my good friend, Heidi Davis. Now, Heidi and I went to uh, ETSU together and we were both in the, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think she was the president of the ETSU Dems. Uh, It was the Democratic Society. Um, we, she, she, uh, watched my, my oldest son, Peyton, who's now 11. He'll be 12 this year. I'm getting super old, but the last time she saw him, he was about two. That was, oh, wow. That was a decade ago. Wow. So, um, <laughs> she was, uh, um, a part of the, the daycare. She watched, um, the kids in the daycare and yeah. So, Anyhow, she is the most well-informed person that I could possibly think of to get on this show. Now, I did want to get a conservative to, to come on this show and someone that thinks that this wall is an actual good idea, 
but nobody wants to debate me. <laughs> Mainly because um, I'm asking people through my social media and everyone knows how I am on social media. And so no one wants to debate me. That's kind of sad. If you know of anyone that would like to come on my show and debate this topic, white, black, Hispanic, Native American, Asian, um, male, female, I do not care. I just want someone to come onto this show and maybe try and help me to connect the dots on what they're seeing. And that way I can help try to connect the dots on what they're not seeing. Um, I just like to inform people. <laughs> That's all. It won't be hateful. It won't be heated. I just want to talk. <laughs> oh, one more thing before we get into the show. Um, I have noticed that I've never, ever, ever said this on any of my podcasts. Share this podcast. Share it with everybody that you know. I've never even mentioned that, and and I don't know why. But... Um, Oh yes, I do. It's because I, I didn't, I didn't know how long this was going to go, <laughs> and I didn't know if I was going to be very consistent. But the things that are lining up this year, um, there, it's proving that this is going to be a lot more consistent, and um, I'm going to be putting in a lot more time and effort in with this this podcast. So share this podcast on social media. Um, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Listen all day, every day, the handful of episodes that I already have out. And hopefully we'll be able to put an episode out at least once every other week. I don't know. At this moment, I cannot commit to a once a week show, but I can definitely commit to once every other week, especially once I get all of this technical equipment down. Um, that will help out a lot. Just kidding. One more thing. <laughs> I will be at the Nashville Black Market on February the 2nd, 2019, between 1 p.m. and 5 p.m. This is where you can shop and eat and network. There's going to be giveaways, uh, local vendors, music, photo booth. Like It's going to be a whole big thing. If you are a Black-owned business, come out and network. Please, 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 please. Nobody's going to know that you're around if you don't tell anyone that you're around. So come out, network, and have some fun. Um, if you are not a Black-owned business and you just want to come out and have some fun, there's going to be tons of vendors already there. I am not a vendor because I thought that it would be kind of cool to do a live show uh, while I was there, and I, I, I cannot do that. I'm not technically inclined enough to get that going. So um, I won't be doing a live uh, uh, show there. I might record a couple of things here and there. I'd love to, to be able to interview a handful of people and just have uh, an entire show dedicated to nothing but Black-owned businesses and um, just have people network on, my, on, on the, the Queen's table. So that might be fun. I am so super excited that the, the Nashville Black Market is happening at the start of Black History Month and at, during Black History Month, that's when we're going to go in. We're going to go in on it. Okay, we're going to we're going to cover a ton of things that I've been always wanting to, to, to cover. 
And it's going to be great. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. And I'm super happy that I'm recording this on my brand new microphone. I love this microphone. We'll see how it goes. Anyhow, um, that is it for my notes. So <laughs> that's it for all of my notes. Um, uh, is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. I covered the event and we'll do one event that is coming up. So yeah, I think that's about it. So you guys enjoy the show. Once again, share this show, share this podcast, share it, share it, share it, share it, and listen to it a billion and one times. I can see how many downloads we've hit. We are so many downloads in and I haven't even started the only social media <laughs> that I have associated with this podcast is the email address. That's it. Um, we don't have an Instagram page yet. We don't have a Facebook page yet. Um, those things will be coming eventually, but not tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So you guys enjoy the show and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> okay, so um, I've started recording. So why don't you tell us, uh, introduce yourself, uh, where are you from, uh, what do you do, and all of that good stuff. Okay, well, my name is Heidi Davis. I live in East Tennessee, and I'm tempted to explain your job badly, <laughs> um, which is talking to about this whole uh, this speech about the wall but um, before that we're going to get into a little bit of, of what what led up to it so Trump went at 5 billion for wall funding after failing to deliver campaign promises of Mexico paying for that so he runs on this whole platform of build that wall build that wall and then we're going to get Mexico to pay for it he completely flats on that um, he's obviously not going to get the funding for it. There's a GoFundMe account for the for the wall that's been paid for by Trump supporters, uh, but they haven't even hit the quarter mark. Is the the last time that I saw. So um, I don't know how that's going to do or where that money is going to go. Even though it could have been spent towards so many other programs like Veterans Affairs, but. I guess it's neither here nor there with them. Um, now Trump is holding our government hostage for the funding. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, Nancy Pelosi had agreed to pass six, six pro-Republican bills, so that way they can uh, continue to debate the wall issue without a government shutdown, but he has rejected those bills. So um, Heidi, if you can explain to, to everyone what a government shutdown is and and uh, try to define the difference between a partial shutdown and a full shutdown. Okay, so a partial shutdown is when 
issue he was trying to get uh, a health care bill passed and um, I think that I've heard someone earlier compare that to what this is and I'm trying to get people to understand that health care is so much more important than a wall you know um, it, like you said, it's used in extreme cases, and this just isn't one of them, which is why I think a lot of people are, are freaking out about it, you know? Yeah, and the, the thing about the healthcare, I'm not sure which shutdown this was, but it was $3.4 billion for 
Healthcare and Visits Columbus page for like programs that we have here, like Cover Kids in Tennessee. Right, right. Um, for it's a Medicare for Children. It's the CHIP program that Hillary helped structure when she was a governor or something. I don't know. I don't know the history of it that much, but she had something to do with it. Where she wrote it for the thing in Arkansas, I think, and then now it's a national program that provides children with health insurance. It's just the expansion of Medicare. Right. Right. And... Um, go ahead. Go on. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> uh, so... Um, that was one of those things where states, states don't have money for that. So we were going to run out pretty quickly. Hmm. If that's the shutdown that I'm remembering. Right. They don't have a flush fund for that. It's direct. direct reimbursement Um, so we're in a partial shutdown people have gotten used to these mini shutdowns so most of the departments have kind of extra funds a little rainy day savings that if the government shuts down for two weeks for about two months they can keep essential services still going okay Okay. Now, see, I do remember. Um, now, there, it, it, the, the, the um, shutdown for the healthcare that you were just talking about. Um, a good friend of mine, who is now in Germany, um, he was a part of the United States military, and uh, he was out, and he was going to culinary arts school, and um, he couldn't pay his tuition for that semester because of the shutdown and he he wasn't able to get his GI bill and um, yeah. you know this was and that wasn't even it, I, it, it wasn't was that one the, the one that lasted 21 days or is that it, it, am I thinking wrong that one <laughs> um, that one I think was 16 maybe they usually happen like the shortest one has been half a day, and the longest one's been twenty one days. Right. Like, okay. They usually last one or one or two days. Yeah, and and so this one, this go round, uh, because he had all of his money tied up in the GI Bill, um, he didn't he that money didn't come through in enough time for him to pay his semester, so he ended up getting kicked out. Um, and he it, he had a hard time playing catch up with his rent, and he ended up getting evicted. So by the time the money finally rolled around him, you know he was already he had just been evicted and no longer in school, and you know just asked out really. And um, that was just for a couple of the you know, 16, 16 days, and. I think a, 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 a lot more programs are still running. I don't know. But either way, it, I kind of think about that. That's what I've been thinking about these last couple of, of weeks is that type of scenario. Um, you know, something like that happening to someone who was being a patriot by serving our country. And, you know, here he is on down the road. And he, he, he understood why the government had to shut down at that point but at the same time he lost out on a lot you know so um that's just the kind of the some of the things that 
that I think about during this time is how many people are are um, you know in going to be within this the same situation if it goes on any longer. Um, so I, I was gonna ask. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, you sure. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I was I was going to ask um, uh, what can we expect to see short-term and long-term with the government-funded programs. And um, you've already explained a little bit about that, how uh, we do have a rainy day fund. Um, now, Trump, Donald Trump, has said that, um, that he wouldn't, he wouldn't mind closing the the government down for uh, months or even years. Now, if it, let's just say uh, December. Okay, though, we were were talking a little bit earlier about the the Christmas bill. Explain a little bit about that to me and then, um, and why uh, this type of bill would tie into that and, and the effects of that. Okay, so in in the ten minutes that Trump was speaking about the border wall, what what he was really trying to do is trying to frame the issue in a way of this is the Democrats don't want you to be safe. Um, so in that though, he was talking about a proposal, and he was talking about all these things that were going to be in the proposal, and the wall was just kind of topped in. Uh, that five point, and that's the only number he actually said was the five point seven billion for the wall was topped in. So a proposal is different than just a, a wall bill. Um, hmm. If he was just asking for that five point seven billion, then he would say five point seven billion for a wall. But he was saying a bunch of things about border security. That's been hmm. part of their tactic and trying to frame the shutdown because they keep trying to confuse people. Border security was a wall. Like, it's intentional. They're trying to get people to think of border security and the wall as the same thing, and they're, they're not. Mm. Um, they already have money that they could be spending on the wall. They got $1.6 billion last year. They've only six, spent 600000 of it. Mm. They have money that they're sitting on. Um, this $5.7 billion is a, like a drop in the bucket to the federal government. Yeah. Uh, it's really not a lot of money to them, so it's just kind of one of those things. So forming <laughs> it is saying that the proposal means that he's open to the idea of a Christmas tree bill. A Christmas tree bill is a an absolutely pass to pass bill, um, or like a bill that's like a feel good bill, they're just doing it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And when, whenever they have those, it means that people kind of get to throw on anything they've ever dreamed of, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So um, they, everyone tackles it on, and you just want to make sure it's not too much to where it's not going to pass. So that's when you see a healthcare bill that's like $1.6 trillion to start with, and by the time they're done, it's 3.4. Um, <clears throat> they mm-hmm. just tack on a bunch of things that people said they weren't going to vote for it unless they got that added in bill. So, you've kind of set it up to, well, hey, we're, we're cool with this. We'll add in all these other things that all these other people have been asking for as long as you put my wall in it, too. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 
That is pretty sneaky. So what what would be if the government were to shut down until then? Uh, what do you think the implications would be? Like, what, what, what do you think the the fallout would be um, if the government shuts down until April or July or even September? Um, I've, I'm hearing a lot of September is that 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 magical month where everything runs out. Um, yeah. So, what what do you what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you think that would play out for the American people. I mean, we, we would never get there. Honestly, like, in my heart of hearts, I know that we could not make it there. It would be rioting before then. Um, and, and this is only if it goes really, really long. In the short term, we're going to see a lot of people. I don't think that Trump understood what a shutdown does to the economy yeah. and exactly what all it screws up. Yeah. So right now, businesses can't hire people because e-verification is down, so they can't prove that they're United citizens, so people can't be hired. Mm. Uh, if people keep going on too much longer, like they keep talking about the 800,000 uh, federal workers, but no one's talking about like the 4 million contract workers that work oh. for the federal government that are out of work right now. Oh, wow. That is a good point. I never. I didn't even think about that. I didn't yeah, even think about that. And believe me, they don't want four million people filing for unemployment next month. You know. Yeah. It's eventually. If, if, if they're finally, they're to a point where they can start filing for unemployment because they've been shut down for so long and they're independent contractors. Wow. So, <laughs> It's all those small things that people don't think about, like the, the people who feed the people in the offices, the people who pick up trash, they don't, they have a federal job, but they're not making a lot of money. Um, so it just causes the shrieking effect on the economy because it has such a, it, people can't get hired, people, that, it's not just affecting people who work for the federal government, it's affecting a lot of people um, because Anyone who has a tie to the government, especially is considered a non-essential service, like the GI deals, because the VA is not considered an essential service. Mm. Um, all of their staff, all of their federal staff mm. are gone. So that means that there's no one there in those offices to process applications. There's no one there to print the checks, that kind of thing. So um, in the short term, it causes a shrinking effect. If it goes, the reason they're saying September is because the federal government is funded from October to September. So we have to pass a budget by September or we don't have a budget for next year. Uh, and no budget for next year means no money at all whatsoever. That's where your tax dollars get decided. So, wow. Uh, it would never get that far. Like, honestly, yeah. it's more going to be March. It, if it actually makes it to March, which I highly doubt that it will, yeah, um, that's when people, right now people are feeling a little pain, like people that are, are getting their GI bills or people that are getting the USDA home loans that can't pay their rent right now because um, they're not getting that. Section 8 might be affected by that too if the state runs out of money, so people may not get their Section 8 part of their rent paid. Mm. Um, 
but you know anyone that's got like low income housing kind of stuff anyone that's doing like those small business loans with USDA does right now if they're trying to get that money that money's not going out okay yeah hmm. so USDA is the one I'm really familiar with so you're going to run out of money at the end of January oh um so that's because most of their programs are, they're saying February because most of their programs are reimbursement programs. So whatever people have done in January, they'll be submitting for reimbursement in February. So those payments won't go out until February. Gotcha. But they're for January. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so that's a shrinking effect. If it actually does get past March, it's when we're going to see SSI bills that aren't going out. It's only going to be food stamps that aren't getting issued. Um, that's going to be the problem because by then the states are going to be out of money and they're not going to be able to float through it anymore. Hmm. So with programs, will run out of money by then and they'll have to shut offices and that kind of stuff. So we've only really got until March before things really start hitting everybody. Okay. Um, right now it's just, right now it's an annoying things are delayed. Hmm. And as long as we get started by the end of January, things will, we'll have to pay a bunch of overtime hours to catch everything back up. Yeah. But things will get back on track and get moving. The longer the government shut down, the harder it is to get the government back up. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask uh, next. How, how do we even rebuild from, from a government shutdown uh, after months? of 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 the government being shut down like I, I i wouldn't even know where to begin um on that 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 would be seeing this how if it does actually last a few months it would be the longest and i don't know if i mean I, I, i'm sure that there's uh, there are um uh, provisions in place but that's not something anyone has ever had any real hand, real world hands-on experience with rebuilding everything. Uh, you know, after it being getting to a point to where it could be pretty cataclysmic. Um, I'm wondering, do you think that this shutdown is a tactic to keep his base happy? Uh, to slow down the process process of his impeachment, or both, or neither. Well, because I'm kind of sort of thinking it's a little well, bit both. I'm not sure if it's both or like. Honest to goodness, sometimes I think he just had no idea what a shutdown meant and what it would do. Um, so he was just trying to come off as, like, a really hard negotiator and realizes now that he's screwed. <laughs> I think that a normal human being would think that, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, for his, it is delaying quite, it is delaying the Mueller investigation. Like, the Mueller investigation, because of the shutdown, has not been able to go forward and not been able to do what they wanted to do. They were going to be releasing this releasing information sooner, but um, they've had to go in front of judges and ask for extensions mm. because uh, they're out of money and they don't have lawyers and they don't have staff because of the shutdown. Um, last I read, the 
that was a that was a problem. The judge came back and told them they couldn't have a continuance. So it is throwing a monkey wrench in the in the Mueller investigation. It's also throwing a monkey wrench in the uh, uh, Obama health care thing, where we've had that judge come out and say that the, the health care bill is unconstitutional. The government has had to send the lawyer for that, and they don't have lawyers to send right now because the government shut down. Um, wow. Yeah. The little courts are doing crazy stuff right now. So I think they, they sent someone to ask for a continuance in that court case a little while ago, and I, I haven't heard back of the, if the court is going to grant it. But I, I think I did hear back that they're going to keep health care going until it's decided. Because if they don't, then everyone has some form of government health insurance. Right. Loses their health insurance immediately. Right, right. <clears throat> wow. Well, we'll that that yeah. Yeah. That it, it, it's always going to be course stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a little scary to think about, but uh, you know, I think you're right there's there's and I, I honestly I really don't think that that the other people in our government is going to allow this to happen, allow it to become, um, allow us to become a third world country, which is what would happen by, you know, November. But, (laughs) you know, I I don't think that uh, the higher ups are just going to allow this to happen and, and topple our government. I really don't. I really think that, um, there's always a loophole. There's always a loophole. There's always some way out of it. Um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, that's absolutely. Okay, so I wrote down a couple of notes uh, about this this 10 minute long. I, I don't even think it was 10 minutes. I think it was 9 minutes and 43 seconds that he got on camera (laughs) and just started just spouting off pretty much the same things that he's been saying. It's the same rhetoric, except, um, you know, a couple of, couple of word changes that I've noticed. Um, for instance, still, it's now a steel wall versus a concrete wall. And he tried to put that off. He tried to pawn that off on uh, the Democrats. The, Dem- the, the Democrats they want a, a steel wall, so we're gonna we're gonna give that to them. We're gonna give them a steel wall. No one asked for a steel wall. <laughs> Where is he getting this information? <laughs> I'm really confused as to how that even happened. Um, I'm wondering if there's some sort of wordplay uh, going on. Um, and he says that the wall will end up paying for itself, which I really wish he would have elaborated on that. Uh, I don't Trump un- administration. Huh? The, the Trump administration mathematics is always so concerning to me. Like, <laughs> it's always kind of made up. It's based on a reality, but it's always kind of made up. Right, right. I kind of feel that way too. <laughs> It's like common core math for them. (laughs) Well, apple plus orange equals purple, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 
Just because you save money, like, just because you might save money in some areas doesn't mean that you're paying for something else. Right, right. I just, it, none of that mattered. None of that mattered. Um, the rich per, the rich people with fences comparison. Uh, if you, you, wealthy people build walls and fences around their home, not because, what did he say? Not because they hate the people that are outside, but because they love the people that are inside. Well, then if we love the people that are inside, why? And he knows that he has influence. He never asked for a GoFundMe account. He never even hinted at it. And and his his followers just did that on their own. He knows that he has enough influence that if he were to go out and say, hey, do this with this money, his followers are going to do it. If he says, hey, this is a, a lot of money you guys have, have raised together. Why don't you put it towards something that's going to help the American people, seeing as how we can't use it for this wall. It's not even close to the amount that's needed, but it can definitely help in this area or that area is uh, for the American people. Why doesn't he do that? I don't understand why it is that he uses these types of of comparisons and 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 <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> it's so it's so terrifying that it's laughable or it's so laughable that it's terrifying one or the other. I it's it's both. I don't understand where his logic, where his reasoning is coming from, but um, that that was interesting. Did you end up? Ca- did you catch that that whole wealthy people with fences nonsense? Yeah, but earlier they had been trying to say, well, Obama's building a wall around his house, and people are like, no, he's done. I'm like, he probably is. That's like a a normal thing that they do for presidents. Right. They exactly. Build a wall around the house. So, um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure that they're trying to draw some parallel, those kind of comments I don't think are aimed at us, but they're, they're aimed at people of higher incomes. I, I don't know, like, they just, they understand that, like, uh, yeah, of course we built a wall around our house. We don't want people to get into our house like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think he was trying to target a a wider audience with that. Yeah. Well, he was bringing it down because he tried. He was trying to like. Well, it's always framing. Like his speechwriter is pretty okay. I'm not sure who it is. It's probably Stephen Miller. But that guy's scary. Yeah. He's a ridiculous human being. Every time I see him from college, I'm like, you're the kind of person that I would have just, like, punched in the face. <laughs> um, I would hard to just sound like, I can't handle your nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the person with the off-the-wall ideas that were just horrendous. Yeah, we gave... We must be in, like, policy now, so... <laughs> and it's terrible policy. It's always... Terrible and illegal. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, very, I don't know, very. Yeah, and it, the with with. What I go ahead, go ahead. Hold on. What 
I didn't appreciate uh, appreciate about it is they were trying to go to these very what they're trying to they're trying to place a very base fear like you know the regular Americans or white Americans they're like saying you know these people are are stealing resources from you and you know you need to be afraid of the brown people you need you need to be like the wealthy people and build this wall around your house and protect your family and I'm it's just a nonsense kind of idea because we know that the wall is not effective. You can't mm-hmm. build the wall all the way through. Like you'd have to take people's property. Um, we'd have to take part of Mexico. Yeah. Uh, is, they're not going to let that happen. Right. And honestly, like, what is that gigantic tunnel that they had built under the border? It's like a huge tunnel that's already under the border. They can drive cars. They've been they've been like sneaking cars into the country through yeah. it. Oh yeah. And it has like little flipping Starbucks in it or something like that. Like <laughs> it's a mall. You know, like they got a Starbucks in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I just like it's a it's like a mall. It's one of those things that there are tunnels. Right. And all, most of the people that come into our country and stay over their paperwork on it flew into the country yes yes flew in they did and i try to i try to tell people that all of the time and you know they 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 want statistics that back it up and i you know um show them my resources and oh well of course you got it from you know, MSNBC, they're not reputable. And it's like, come on, you know. <laughs> but yes. Right, exactly. And they, they, they do. They come over here. Um, they fly over here. And it's next thing you know, he's going to be saying, well, Space Force needs to build a wall in the sky to keep them from flying over. Or they're going to start banning um, um uh, flights in and out of America, and it—I mean, this that like they did with the travel ban and that whole nonsense. You know, it's—it's it's absolutely, it's absolutely disgusting. And what what I found the most offensive about the the entire speech was him talking about drugs and and rapists and uh, violent gangs, it, all the stuff that he normally says. You know. And he, he keeps he he was pointing out these instances in which these immigrants well not these immigrants a few immigrants did some really horrible things. But everybody does really horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know statistically mm-hmm. by the numbers, someone that is here without documentation they're not trying to get caught no they're not statistically (laughs) they're far less likely to be committing a crime and the only reason they are committing a crime is because they don't have the proper paperwork and not having proper paperwork should not be considered a crime to begin with right Um, it's just you know I don't know I was just telling explaining to my mom like when I went I go out of the country sometimes and um 
saying that the wall is not immoral did you notice did you catch that um he kept using the word immoral and we've the democrats and not even different i i i can't even say that people who are against the wall they we haven't been saying immoral no one has said anything about it being immoral and if so then i must have missed it but I haven't heard anyone, you know, uh, that that wasn't a talking point, uh, an, an immoral wall. It's costly. It's costly and it's wasteful. That's what we've been saying over and over and over and over and over again, drilling it into their heads. This is a costly and wasteful thing that you guys want. Nobody said anything about immoral. I think there was a lot of, of wordplay. Um, the the oh gosh the this this is the, I I was really blown away by this a physical boundary now it is now a physical boundary it is now a moral physical boundary made of steel which is going to pay for itself because we love the people that are inside and we don't want the, our inside people being raped. And murdered, so we're gonna have a physical boundary. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Just because you change a handful of words, it doesn't make what you're saying make any more sense than what it did than when you used the original words. It. <sighs> yeah. And that's like a huge strategy that this administration uses. Quite quite often mm. is they can they can flute things and um they, they intentionally try to say things in a way that's confusing uh to people and i would love to be whoever is their pollster that they're paying to, <laughs> to figure out all this wording that they need to be using like i would love to have oh my gosh i would love to have a job i bet they're making a lot of money <laughs> Right. Like, stay away from these words. Like, people are fond of these words. They don't like these words, but they mean the same thing. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. It's it's absolutely. I I guess they were just. I don't know. Trying their best to to make what he's saying not sound absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah. You know and. and Here's the thing, like I know that he did this message and I get it might be a power play, but that was completely, completely shows his hand to me, uh, honestly, that he would not have gotten in front of the country at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday, which is one of the most important time slots during the TV time. Yeah. Um, 
he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't polling and finding out that people were really ticked off at him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I don't know where the country is actually on this. I, I can't get a good feel from it. Mm. Um, I was thinking that like one thing that I have noticed is that people keep keep using these stereotypes, and it's on both sides. So the Democrats keep saying, well, I bet his supporters that are on SNAP and all this stuff are going to be mad at him now. And there's, they're kind of concluding people that are um, poor and need to use government benefits as is not intelligent. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 So I've noticed that quite a bit. But if you go and you read the exact same article and it's a bunch of people that support the war and support President Trump, and you're reading, they're saying the exact same thing that the Democrats are saying, or the, whatever you want to say, the left is saying. Mm. Um, and they're saying, why well, that all those people that are on SNAP that voted for Democrats because they're too lazy to get a paycheck. Like, I bet they're going to be upset about it now, build the wall, that kind of thing. And they're, they're <laughs> saying, you know, the poor folks are um, lazy. So we've got this uneducated lazy, and then the the people that are on benefits are neither of those things. And mm-hmm. that is really, that's probably the most frustrating side to me is to listen to both sides and see how they're framing and talking about the people that use government benefits. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, use government benefits for a reason. There's a reason that those programs exist. Yeah. Um, I don't like the term entitlement program. I don't mm-hmm. like it at all because it's not an entitlement to me. It's just one of those things that, like, if you have a system set up to where people that are making $25,000 or less mm-hmm. are going to struggle <clears throat> and not be able to feed themselves, yeah. then, you know, you need to do something for them. We know all these folks that work in education systems that are capped off at 29.5 hours a week because if they go more than that the school system has to provide them with health insurance and benefits and a retirement package so they cap them off and they can't go above 29.5 hours well mm. they don't include their health insurance they're offered health insurance but they have to pay it out of pocket 29.5 hours a week at even if it's a good pay for around here 15 bucks an hour mm. You can't feed yourself on mm. that if you're paying $700 out of pocket every month to pay for your health insurance. Right, right. You're absolutely um, right. So someone that's doing that, they work for the school system, they they, they want to work, they have a good job, it pays a good hourly wage, mm-hmm. but, you know, those families, those families had to take boxes from me at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, those families are having to apply for SNAP benefits or they're on SNAP benefits and they're still coming to see us because they just can't, they can't make that meager of a paycheck stretch. So mm. I, I, I get the frustration from, from that side of it. Like I, I, I understand where people are and I understand where people, there's so many people that depend on their texting phones. Yes. That's how they pay their rent for the year, or that's like when they pay off their debt from the previous year, so they're they're going forward, or something like that, and 
Right. Um, <clears throat> all of them are going to have, a, like, it just goes on too much longer. I, I strongly suspect that we'll probably have a deal within the next couple of weeks. Um, I think probably sooner than that, but the Democrats are kind of saying, you know, uh, no, no, no money for the wall. Mm. That's what they're saying right now. That's essentially what they said in their response is, you know, they're they're trying to say, like, this is Trump shut down. Like, they're trying to frame it in that way, like, he's the one that's holding you hostage kind of deal. Right. And Trump's trying to say... Trump's trying to say they're holding your your security for your family hostage. Yeah. Um, Putting the blame there, there's, no win, like, there's no winners there. No. Dude, I I don't I don't know what the what what it's going to be, but whatever whatever compromise they come to, I know it's going to be more than five point seven billion dollars. It's going to be very expensive. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a crazy expensive bill and. We'll see how it goes. Because $5.7 billion for border security is nothing. $5.7 billion to buy materials to build a wall is something. But yeah. it, it, it really was a drop in the bucket before. And that's why I'm just like, you know, our we have soldiers. Our National Guard have been down on the border since before Thanksgiving. Maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because they're down there putting, filling sandbags up and putting razor wire up to reinforce the wall. Mm. Our, our national, like, our soldiers are doing a good job, I guess, down there, like, at Corn Trump. Uh, but that's not, that's not what they're here for. Like, it's not what yeah. their training is, is, is for. They're not... Right. Those folks that are coming to the border seeking asylum have 100% authority to be able to do that. You are allowed to go to another country and ask for asylum. That's legal. Them organizing these hundreds and thousands of people to come to the border, they're traveling in big groups to stay safe. Mm. Now, like the other stuff that they're saying about it, like women are getting raped and that kind of stuff, I, I know, like, that's probably very true. Illnesses are probably being spread through that group. But uh, that stuff is probably happening, but that stuff will probably be happening regardless yeah. of being in this position where they're coming to seek for asylum. Right. Um, that, that's what happens when you're in a country that doesn't have the resources to be able to take care of their people. Right. And... You know, so that's, that's why. That's why they're walking thousands of miles through dangerous territory and risking it all. Like, no one wants to leave their home and go to another country because, because with the clothes on their back, because that's a choice that they wanted to do. Yeah. They're doing it because it's not safe and they're trying to get somewhere safe. And I would do that to my kids. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which leads me to, to, you know, the him saying that and, you know, um, women and children are trying to get in. He that came out of his mouth about these families. And don't you think that would be I would think that would be the real crisis. Uh, Family seeking asylum. You know, how how does a wall help them? 
you know I, 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 a lot of people want to use the whole you know not my circus not my monkeys type situation uh, type of, of, of thinking and I don't know I mean that he wants to seem compassionate but then in the same breath oh but there's families that need to get in here but we're, we're going to put a wall around them because they're not allowed <laughs> like what is yeah. how does that make any sense to anyone to anyone I just I'd really like to have a conservative come on because <laughs> yeah. I've got so yeah. many questions <laughs> well I can do a conservative thing and be like well it, you know it, you can only help so many people and we have so many people in our country that we need to help and helping thousands of people from another country is, is but that we don't have the money we don't have the resources to do it and that's not true like but that's that that's the very thing though if we need to be helping people in our own country then why aren't we because there's a lot of people out there that are still suffering so why aren't we why is it that uh, i just moved from murfreesboro this past summer in murfreesboro the homeless population has risen it's grown three times in the last 15 years three times its size there's not enough shelters. Every time a shelter pops up, it ends up getting shut down because they are over capacity or some other issue with there being too many people there. Because so many of these shelters are getting shut down and, and these people are being turned away. Why the hell isn't anyone helping them? That's, that's where I get upset. That's where I get offended. You know, you want to you say you want to help people in this country, but not really, because if you did, that money would have been going towards, mm, I don't know, people in this country instead of keeping people out of this country. It. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's one of those great showman things that, you know, I'm helping you by making sure these people can't get into your country kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so much money and blah blah blah. It's, it's all it's all theatrics, political theatrics, especially yeah. now. Murfreesboro, I'm I'm imagining that that's probably happening because of all the people we're having moved to Nashville, right? That are driving up the housing prices in Nashville because there's so many people, and it's pushing people that can't afford Nashville out to rural areas. We'll see. And rural areas, Go ahead. Rural areas don't Resources. Rural, rural areas, yeah. what now? The rural areas don't have the resources because all the resources are probably in Nashville. Well, see, um, he, this is the way that it 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 kind of uh, took a took a turn after Katrina. Um, a lot of people from the that that area in Louisiana they came to Nashville because Nashville had the resources and they had the the means to help uh victims of of natural disasters so a lot of those people came to nashville well over time you know nashville has always been a popular place it's always been growing but they've been able to keep up with that growth up until this happened well the years uh afterwards it, it, it started getting so big that 
these people are flooding out. It's not just that that the cost of living is risen in, in Nashville. No, it's they're overpopulated. And so these people are flooding out to places like Smyrna and Laverne and Murfreesboro. And now Murfreesboro, which had been within the uh, top uh, top five growing, no, for three years straight, it was the fastest growing city in the nation. And a lot of people were coming here for different reasons, but people also from Nashville, from Louisiana, from Nashville, are spilling out over into Murfreesboro. They're realizing that there's good jobs there and, and uh, the housing was decent. And then inflation happened. Everything shot up. The the prices are absolutely ridiculous. They're comparable to New York City prices. You know, you can't find yeah, there. I remember a time and I know the cost of living goes up everywhere over, you know, X amount of years, but I'm not that old. And I do remember being able to rent a three bedroom house with a couple of friends of mine right out of high school, a three bedroom house for $650 a month, you know, and now you can't find a one bedroom house in Murfreesboro, Tennessee for less than a hundred, eleven hundred dollars That's not, that it's, it's ridiculous. That's, I had to move out of Murfreesboro because it was getting entirely way too expensive. And, and, you know, the town that I've moved into now, it's always been a tiny town. Always, always, always been a super tiny town. Like they still only have one Walmart. Like Murfreesboro has six now. <laughs> and I remember when they only had one Walmart. So, you know, um, it, it, Shelbyville, not a lot of people are coming here from, from Murfreesboro, but it's a tiny town and they're trying to grow too. But the biggest issues that these smaller towns turn bigger cities face is that they don't know how to handle big city problems. They can't handle big city issues and they end up getting so overly populated that, that it, it, um, it hurts, it hurts the economy. But, you know, back to the, the original point there, you know, it's, why aren't why aren't we helping our own people? He loves the American people so much. Why isn't he helping us? You know, I I don't understand why is it that there's still so many people, homeless people in Denver, Colorado. I mean, the streets are littered with homeless people. Like why is this why is this not a thing? Why are we not helping our own people? But that's the excuse for the wall. Ah, it gives yeah, me a headache. I, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, I think it's just the attacking issues like homelessness. Um, it's really more of a passing the buck kind of deal. Like they don't know where where that ends. So. The federal government would say that, you know, that's the state's responsibility to figure it out. The state would say that's the county's responsibility to figure it out. Mm. Um, and no one can decide which which pool of tax money needs to come through. So 
doing any type of national like national programs is it's always very complicated. Yeah. Uh, the particular program that I run, I have read the law in and the, just the, the minute details that happen in it that just cause headaches. Yeah. Um, are astounding. It's just it's so hard as that for a big high in the sky kind of bird's eye view of a problem that's hard to like find solutions to. Mm. So that's why it's why they do very simple things like build the wall or something like that. It's, it's because it's this one topic and they can kind of focus in on it and, and throw in all these other arguments around it mm. um, to kind of justify them working on this one topic and not other topics. Right, right. Um, I am getting a notice on my uh, on my app here. We're coming up on an hour. I didn't think we would have an hour. <laughs> I honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you want to keep recording? I can add on it. Okay. Um. So, uh, another thing that I wanted to to um discuss really well I don't know if this is going to be quick or not <laughs> but um the speculation around tonight's speech was that everybody thought that uh Donald Trump was going to um declare the the United States in a state of emergency and he didn't do that and I'm kind of wondering what happened there <laughs> did somebody yeah. talk him out of it or <laughs> what what happened there and and why is it that um well i know why it is that we that that a lot of people thought that um he was asked that during a recent press conference if you know he would um execute um you know special privileges and powers to to um, keep this going and he said, oh, yeah, 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 I would. I'm not gonna, but I I can. I can do it, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it, you know. So I'm wondering what, what happened there? What, <laughs> what well, happened there? I think, I think that more was someone said it to him. He goes, oh, yeah, that's the thing. I can do it. Yeah, sure, why not? Like, but I, I don't know that the suggestion that he was like, maybe I should look into that kind of deal. Yeah. Just 
say something and it happened, you know? <laughs> and then he got into office and he realized that that doesn't, that doesn't happen. So there's criteria. You have to meet criteria to clear a national disaster. Um, and we weren't meeting that criteria no matter how he was framing it. Mm-hmm. A. Mm-hmm. B, if he still used it and set a precedent that um, the president can come out and say that anything like this that they want to get done and they can't get it through Congress and they're just going to declare it a national emergency that this has to happen, um, that circumvents the whole purpose of having Congress and Congress being over the budget. Mm. So mm. you can't just, you know, you can't just throw money out there. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, like, whatever the Republicans do, believe me, the Democrats will take note and say, hey, we're going to do that, too. Because hmm. um, Democrats are nothing if petty. Um, yeah. <laughs> they are constantly petty. Yeah. Any chance that they get. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's. It's one of those things that I, I'm watching Trump try to understand politics and not know how to win a political argument. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You got Nancy and Chuck Schumer who have been winning political arguments for decades, you know. Um, yeah. They, they, they know the game and they think that they can beat him at it. And I'm not sure. It's one of those things that, like, when you're playing someone that's crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're assuming that they're going to play by your, your rules. And I think it's something. They keep assuming that Trump's going to play by our rules. And Trump, Trump doesn't know the rules. He doesn't care about the rules. Never read the rules. He's going to play how he's going to play. <laughs> right. Like his board game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. I just, I just thank goodness that you know there there are people that are just like you don't understand. <laughs> this is a bad idea, and sometimes people, not all the time, but sometimes people. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I I don't know about how much faith I've got <laughs> at this point. You know, because we keep laughing at them. We, we laughed at him when he said he was going to run for president, you know, and then he, yeah. we laughed at him when he said, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, you know, he was going to institute this this travel ban. And he did. And, and it, it affected a lot of people uh, there for a while, too. And then all these we, we laugh when he says that, you know, we're going to get all these people, all these uh, illegal immigrants out of here and you know he's caging babies it's it, it's so uh, I don't know it, we, we keep laughing at him but he's really trying hard to show us that there's not too awful much to laugh at you know this is it's 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 stop it's starting to not become so funny and become more scary um because mainly because he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't care you you get that combination with someone who doesn't know what they're doing and they do not care it's like giving a baby a dynamite <laughs> they don't know what they're doing and they do not care it's so it's so scary um you know how things could 
could turn out. Um, I don't know, but I kind of feel as though, and you know, of course, this is this is a bit off topic here, but I kind of feel as though um, our democratic republic, it's about due to start to crumble. You know, all all a lot of, huh? Yeah, we've been around 200 years See, I, I, I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead, uh, explain. Explain what you mean by that. Yeah, so that's the citizenship call that says that all persons born or naturalized in the United States um, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Mm. Uh, so that, that's the, the short thing that says if you're born here, you're a citizen of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really, really putting out a lot of signals that they would love to overturn that yeah. amendment. Yeah. Um, and then base it on where your mother was born. Yeah. If yeah. we did that, Trump would never have been able to be a citizen. Yeah. Um, they were immigrants to this country. Yeah. But also, like, countries that have birthright citizenship, uh, that's a nightmare. I mean, my goodness, like, so there's a Canadian, Mo Abi, I think that's his name, but he is Palestinian, 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 so they don't get U.S. passports. So because of the war in Palestine, um, he made it to the United States as a refugee, became a citizen, but um, before he was a citizen, he had like a refugee travel document, but not a passport. Hmm. And he had a joke. He had a joke that he did the show when he's talking about, you know, going to other countries and then being like, we need to see your passport and getting the refugee. Like this 
this viral moment where someone upgraded him and sent him next to Eric Trump on an airplane. <laughs> um, so he's very good. People should check him out. But the way that he explains that situation was very eye-opening. Like, that's why we don't want it to be determined by where your mother is from. Yeah. We, we need to leave the 14th Amendment alone. Um, our congressman in Tennessee has said that he supports overturning the 14th Amendment. Oh. That is horrifying. Bill Rowe has said that. It's horrifying. Senators are coming out and talking about it. it it's one of those things that have to be ratified by two-thirds of the state. But, you know, I wow. I don't know. I don't know where we'll go. And Tennessee, I don't know why. I do know why in a way, but I don't know why in practice. But Tennessee um, takes in tons of Before I went to ETSU, um, so I graduated school early, uh, graduated high school a year early, and I was 17 and couldn't get um, a job like all my other friends that you know were working, you know, somewhere that that was open all the time, like a factory or whatever. So um, I wanted to just kind of do my own thing for for about a year. And I did work at uh, CalSonic, and this is right after I turned 18. I started working at CalSonic Cansey, which is a, they make car parts for um, uh, different different model cars. But anyhow, I do remember, um, and that was here in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And I do remember that there were a lot of Somalian guys working there. And um, there were a lot of Guatemalans in Shelbyville too. Now, now I don't see too awful many Guatemalans here. And I don't see, I don't think since I've, since I've moved here in July. Yeah. Since I've moved here in July, uh, I may have maybe saw, have seen one Somalian person, maybe. And I, I don't, I'm, they're probably all getting freaked out, like, oh, God, we got to go. <laughs> you know, like they they wised up super quick and we're like, OK, we're just going to go very, very quietly. We're not going to tell anyone that we're going. <laughs> we're just going to go. <laughs> and uh, but, yeah, and I, I used to work for Murfreesboro City Schools uh, a couple of years ago and um uh, there were several uh, schools that were close to the county that weren't county schools, but they were very close to the county. They were out there and they had a lot of um, a lot of kids from northern Africa, um, you know, a, a couple of Egyptian kids, 
um, you know, just just in that general area. And, you know, I so, yeah, I've 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 seen where um, it's a noticeable thing. It's very noticeable in Middle Tennessee um, how many people, you know, that we do take in. Now, when I was in when I went to ETSU, I lived on campus in student and graduate or family and graduate housing. And um, uh, I knew where Walmart was, <laughs> the uh, the little cafe. There's no, it wasn't a cafe. It was a bar next to the campus between there and Kroger. I knew where Kroger was, and I think a craft store. That was it. I didn't know where anything else was, <laughs> but I did see a lot of diversity on campus. I don't know how Johnson City is um, outside of that, but there was a lot of diversity on campus, and um, you know, I don't know. I I I do see a lot of uh, and, and or I did see an influx of of refugees. Well, not I I don't know if they're refugees or not, but an influx of of um, immigrant children and young adults coming through here. So. Yeah, that is a thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's, this will go on forever. Like, as a, as a bigger issue is that, you know, we have a president who's refusing to believe that climate change is a real thing. Mm, yeah. Um, climate change is not, it's going to be part of why um, some of these countries are going to be economic turmoil is because crops and things that they grow right now that the economy um, depends on over the next couple of decades will not be able to grow there anymore yeah. because of the weather changing. Um, you know, and we're going to see more mass migration. That's the way that all animals work, but that's the way that human beings definitely work. That's why we got everywhere in the other billions of us. And, you know, like, when things, we move around. Generally, like, we do agriculture and things like that, but we do move around, and we're going to see a lot of people. Right now, I think this is coming out of political turmoil um, from below our border. That's why no one's talking about Canada, but Canadians coming to America mm-hmm. without the proper documentation also. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's there's U.S. citizens that live in Mexico because Mexico is pretty cheap. They work in the United States, make tons of money, and for three times as much because they live in Mexico. Right. Um, we haven't really talked about what we're going to do with those folks. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things that, like, they're, I, I know that they were trying to, like, use the, the, the wall thing and put it with, with Game of Thrones and be like <laughs> the the people from the South are like the White Walkers that are coming uh, <laughs> attack the North. <laughs> um, oh so, yeah, um, it's very subversive. Some of the things they do are so subversive. I'm like, oh, it's actually genius in a way, but. <laughs> It's just one of those things, like, because of climate change, we want to admit that climate change is happening and that we have, uh, that humans are contributing to it and that we need to do something soon to address it. 
Yeah. It's... They won't come out and say that, but they will say that, hey, we know a bunch of these folks are going to keep migrating this way, and more and more of them are going to come. And that, that's very true, because they're not going to be able to see themselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? They're not going to be able to see themselves soon. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of those things. And then the U.S., like, part of me also wants to be like, do you have to this in a way? Because for so long, we did brain drain to these, these countries, to Mexico, like from the, the, the first wave that we did of immigration, we had three, three large waves of immigration coming from the southern border. Um, the first wave was when we were taking all of their doctors and their nurses and engineers and we were giving them visas, Einstein visas and things like that to get them to America. Because mm. we wanted them. We needed more doctors and nurses and engineers here. Right. So we were bringing them, we were bringing everybody in. Right. And then in the, in the 80s, we had a, a second wave of immigration from the south and where we were targeting more white-collar jobs. Um, and we're like, come, come to America. We want you here, that kind of thing. We were taking a lot of folks in at that time from the southern border. Mm-hmm. And then the third wave really has been more of, you know, we, we took all of their doctors and their nurses, <laughs> we took all of the people that made money and helped stabilize their economies. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the people, the people that are just like, hey, you, you, you took all the people <laughs> that we needed for our government, like for our communities to work. Right. Um, so we're just gonna come where they are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We kind of deserve it in a way. Yeah, it it makes sense. Yeah, you can't you can't say that come here is the land of opportunities, and when people get here, be like, no, not you all. We only we only only wanted your doctors. Right. Right. Uh. Yeah. That's they can't. That's definitely. You know, I. One thing that I have that that ha- I've, I've pondered on for a while, I had uh, I was following this story on there. There's been an influx of Russian women immigrants coming into this country and having their babies here. And um, there's not been a lot of coverage on this story. There really hasn't. And um, I stopped following it because it stopped getting coverage. You know, it just kind of fell off the face of the earth one day. And I just could not find it anything more on this subject. But it's a very true thing. And I'm wondering what is if they're even thinking about what needs to be done from uh, about uh, white people from people from white whiter countries coming here and doing the exact same thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That th- I ha- have you heard that? Have you heard that story? I I remember vaguely picking up on it um, earlier. Is I haven't heard too much more about it. It's hmm. 
I don't know why they would be doing I'd have to do more research to understand, like, why it would be happening, why they would be coming to the U.S. to have a baby. Because if you're coming here and you don't have any health insurance and you're having a baby in the United States, it's ridiculously expensive. It is. It really is. But and and that's another thing that I tried to find out. How are they paying for this? Somebody has to be paying. Somebody's got to be footing the bill. So who all is paying for it? But, you know, I, I feel like um, you would ask why? Why now? I think this is the exact reason why now. Um, it, it's the perfect time for them because the American government is looking at brown immigrants, not them. And so they're just kind of like, oh, okay, we could just slide on by here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, don't mind us. You know, we... Slide in for a vacation. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Have a baby. Have a baby. Take you home. Right. And just so that... And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, even if they do take the child home, the child is still an American citizen. And so they'll be able to, I guess, dual citizenship. I really don't know. I honestly don't know how that um, how that works out. So I'm, I, I really don't want to talk too much about it simply because I really I'm, I'm pretty ignorant on that um, on that subject matter. But I, it got it, it piqued my interest. It. It really did, but you know, going going back to <laughs> our crumbling government, <laughs> um, you know, we, we were talking about how how you know we're we're about due for some sort of collapse here, um, and I know that this isn't the topic, but you know, we're I guess this is just. Uh, I might rename the episode from from Trump's wall speech to Trump's wall speech and other government stuff. Right, right. But I, I've I've um, I've looked into resource based economies for a long time for a, quite a few years now. Um, it started with the what what interests me in in resource based economies was uh, they presented it in the movie the, uh, Zeitgeist. You remember seeing that? I, I remember the movie. I don't think I've watched it though. Oh, you've got to watch the Zeitgeist movies. The first one did so well that they made a second one, and they made a third one, and at one point. All three of them were on um, uh, Netflix, and it, it got taken away. If I can find the links to them, um, I'll definitely send them to you. But um, in the second Zeitgeist movie, they had touched on this project called the Venus Project. And uh, in the third one, they elaborated um, quite a bit. On, on the Venus Project, which basically the thought behind it is take away the monetary system completely. And when I try to explain this to people, a lot of people get really confused because we've, you know, um, bought things, whether it be with cash or gold or silver or something trading, 
you know, we, we've always had to buy things. And so that kind of gets past people. But you take out the, the monetary system and create this resource-based economy in which everyone contributes. Now, that's not to say that this is some communistic, um, you do this job, you do that job, you do that job. We're living in an age now where um, <clears throat> we can we can pretty much do whatever it is that we want to do. Um, for instance, I have no, I did not grow up around cars. I'm not a car gal. I don't you know work on my car in my free time because I like to. Not at all. But when my serpentine belt went out, I got on YouTube and learned how to change it. You know, there's there's resources out there to where people can learn what they need to learn or learn their interests completely free. You don't have to go to school for that anymore. Um, there for a while I was doing social social media marketing and advertising. I, I'm not an advertising major. Like my major was psychology and I have yet I have yet to find a job in my field. I haven't. So far, I have not. So, you know, um, there, there's a lot of, there's a ton of things out there that you can learn on the internet for free. You don't even have to go to school for it anymore. Um, um, we, we have 3D printers now. If you have something, if you have a ring that I like, I'm not going to steal it from you. There's no reason to, to steal your ring. I could say, hey, I really like that ring. That's pretty cool. Do you mind if I borrow it for a couple hours, 3D print it out, and here's it back, you know? And it's not, this isn't a, oh, maybe one day we could have this. No, we have this now. We have 3D, we have access to 3D printers that are large enough to be able to build on a large scale, uh, a larger scale, you can 3D print a kitchen table now. It's not just something little, like you can 3D print, well, let me take that back. You can 3D print the pieces that it would take to build a table, but still, that's still pretty large, especially a tabletop, you know? We can 3D print the materials that we would need to, can, to, to build houses. And there would be no need for anyone to be homeless. Um, I highly recommend uh, going on their website because they're they're obviously able to articulate this a lot better than than I can. Um, I'm just telling I'm just telling you what all I know. But it's not anything like we've ever had before. It's not a monarchy. It's not a dictatorship. It's not communistic, it's not socialist, it's not a republic, it's not a democracy, it's nothing like we've ever experienced before. But upon further research, um, what I did find is that there's no way to just implement this. There's not any politician that can get out there and say, hey, you know, vote me in and I'll do this. Our government has to crash. It has to fall. It has to be broken completely into itty bitty, t 
tiny bits and pieces, it has to get to a point where it's so far to the ground that we have to rebuild from the ground up in something new, something completely new. And um, this this type of, of system, it scares a lot of people because they hear, oh, well, who's governing? Who's, you know, how are these territories going to be split up? Because it's not, it wouldn't just be within one country. It would be the entire world would have to get behind it. But, you know, a lot of people, they, when I go deeper into it, they hear one world government and that kind of freaks them out. And I could go, I could go on about that for days. But, um, my question though, at that <laughs> long winded way of getting to this question um have you ever looked into resource-based economies has that ever been anything that interests you so resource-based is that it seems more like a barter system is that a function of it kind of a monetary kind of a monetary system kind of yes and no we don't we don't really have to go without. We don't really have to um, be rationed on on a lot of uh, on basic necessities. You know what I mean? Um, food and water and these are things that we we would be able to to raise um, cattle and and grow crops and all of that and get clean drinking water without having to need for it um it's there it's readily accessible and that's not something that we would have to pay for um now how would things get done well you've got people all over the world everyone has some sort of passion there are doctors <laughs> they don't doctors don't go through years and years of school and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in debt just for shits and giggles. They become doctors because they want to, because they're, they're good at it. But, you know, you think about the amount of doctors that we have now, just th and good doctors that we have now. Just think about how many more we could have if we were in a society to which all people had that type of in had access to that type of information that type of knowledge uh that type of schooling for free you see what i'm saying like it's definitely look into it because <laughs> now i'm getting to the part where i'm i'm not articulating myself very very well on this magic well, matter well i would have to do more research on it but okay that Star Trek episode in Next Generation where they land on that planet where kids, um, education and everything, like everything is based on making the kids happy and the education is based on what they're interested in and what they have an aptitude for. Mm -hmm. um, that's coming to mind. I'm not remembering how that ended. So that's what, like, that idea of the economy is coming to mind. But, you know, right, right now, we're... The, the government falling like it's capitalism, like capitalism failing, <laughs> is is the the thing that we're worried about, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of folks call this late stage capitalism, um, mm. which is interesting. I tend to go with that idea some, but not all the way. Uh, but they're definitely they're in capitalism. There has to be winners and losers for the for the system to work. Like there has to be winners, there has to be losers. Right. So there's this. I can't think of the name of this country right now, but there's this country that is in Africa that NPR was doing a story on because then their their money is so devalued against U.S. dollar that they were having to take like wheelbarrows of cash around, and you couldn't even order a meal without negotiating the price before you left because while you were eating the, the dollar would be devalued again and your food would cost more. Oh my um, god. Yeah, that country is going through like some really big stuff and the only way anyone's giving money to the country is they're going to the United States or they're going elsewhere in the world making money and then sending it back to that country. That's that country's whole economy. That's what it's up on and they're definitely they're definitely a loser of capitalism like the way that capitalism works it is completely failing failing their country I can't understand that I don't remember the name hmm. but I remember hearing that story and thinking why don't they just quit capitalism like stop stop playing this dollar game yeah and, and go back to a barter system or something like yeah. Can you do something else that's going to work for your country? Stop trying to, like, stay in contact with the rest of the world because it's always going to work me. Right. Um, it's not working out to them right now. Wow. And, I don't, like, and that's the thing, too, with the way the capitalism works is there's countries that are considered losers in, this, in the system, the global capitalist system. So there are whole economies that completely depend on someone from that country making it to America to make money to send back to that country. Mm. Yeah, and we definitely have that in South America, for sure, yeah. where people have to come here, make money, and send it back. Mexico is that way to an extent, uh, but that's the way some countries are set up. It's like the way that their country makes money is people get to another country, they get a job, and they spend money back home. Mm. Um, so, but that that also helps us out. Yeah, and you know that it that also helps us out a lot too because you know what people are failing to realize, especially with with. Um, people from other countries be whether they're here legally or not when you're here you still have to pay for things you still have to pay your rent you still have to pay utilities you still have to buy food you still have to buy clothing you have to purchase things and that and they're hmm hustle they're hustling like they're yeah. they're here on a mission because they've got to pay for their family like they're here on a mission. They're creating jobs. They're making businesses. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like they're creating businesses. They're hiring people. They're they're working their butts off so their kids don't have to. Yeah. Like immigrants work so hard because they're they're working like that. They're in survival mode. Like, right. You know they're working so hard. They're in survival mode. They are. And 
seriously, these folks are such an asset to the country. Like, they're, they truly are. Yeah. We would not have food if it weren't for the fact that we had immigrants who were coming and picking the food. And, yeah. and that's like keeping our food costs low. Like, if we actually had to pay a fair price for labor on food, like, a tomato would be $6, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's... There's no way. It's, it's, it's one of those things that kind of amazes me that, honestly, like, without immigration in this country, this country would be so screwed, but we're so, so quick to try to screw over immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, building a, <laughs> building a wall has so many things. It's like, it's not effective. It's, it, it, it's it's pointless, but every time we've ever seen anyone build a wall, it's always had to come down eventually. Yep. Yeah. You know, and if nothing stops, then the the folks on the Mexican side of the border from just tearing it down. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's so it's so incredibly silly, and I and yeah, you you know, you're absolutely right with. There's nothing stopping them from tearing it down. There's nothing stopping them from, you know, uh, putting those, I don't know what they're called. They're the little pegs that rock climbers will use, you know. There's nothing, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. I, what are we going to do? Hire, well, not even hire. We're going to send our military on both sides of the border to make sure that nobody gets over and nobody gets... In. Like that's it's absolutely it's so asinine. It it makes yeah. zero sense. And that's the thing about that too is our military is not allowed to be used like that. Yeah. Our military is not border patrol. They're not. We have border patrol to patrol the border, not our military. And, and, see, and this is another thing that drives me insane. Is we paid. I don't remember the exact number, but it was. Dozens of millions of dollars to a company to hire border patrol agents, and millions of dollars in. I want to say thirty million. I'm probably wrong, but they hired exactly two people. <gasps> oh. And I'm sitting here going like, "What are you doing?" Like. What are you doing? It's one of those things I'm just going to... I don't know. People think the Border Patrol also are, like, well-trained in that country. They're kind of, like, bounty hunters in a way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's random people that are not professional. Yeah. So, our military having to go down there and work with people that are not professional and not ethical sometimes mm-hmm. is, is very, very demoralizing. Yeah. To, to folks, because they're down there doing a job that they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they're having, and they're spending time having to like police the people whose job it is to be doing. Yeah. Oh, just as much as they're having to police people that. What soldier wants to have to go up to a tiny grandma? <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'll hold a gun to her and demand that she provide paperwork. Like, right? they yeah. don't. It's not what they're... Is that really the terrorists that they signed up for gun code to protect their country from? No, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. It's so it's disappointing. I was just telling that to a co-worker earlier today. I said, you know, I, I could see maybe April. They're definitely not going to let it go past May. I, I cannot see that happening. And April is a stretch. You know, I really don't. I don't think that. And I'm, I'm, I'm a huge conspiracy nut. I'm, I'm, I'm bad about it. And I really, I, I just don't believe that the the powers that be, the guys that are really running the country, they're not going to let this go on for too much longer. You know, um, no. I, I, I they gotta go home for re-election eventually. Like, yeah, eventually, I mean, I bet Mitch McConnell is doing his absolute best to keep <laughs> senators from going with the Democrats. <laughs> I bet it is driving them insane. talk show um no it was it was a it was a late night talk show and I mean like he just had the biggest I do not give two flipping flying fucks about what's going on Oh my god. Oh my god. 
done. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And I mean, like, super enthusiastic to be done. He was, he's out. He's already checked. He checked out months ago. He was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> he is good. I'm not going back up there. Yeah. Now, how do you think that if if the the shutdown was to remain, if it were to remain um, um, shut down for years, let's just say, let's just say that somehow he is actually able to do it to keep the government shut down until 2020 how would how would that affect our votes when we when when the next election cycle happens like when, how is that how is that going to affect uh, our votes <laughs> well i feel like the states would start revolting against the federal government yeah. I mean, honestly, a government shutdown is symptomatic of um, of your federal government not working. Like your your shutdown is a political football, super annoying. But it, it is honestly, they cannot govern. <laughs> they cannot govern. Um, there, there's so many problems that we should not send them our tax dollars if they can't figure out how to how to govern, you know? Right, so, exactly. All these states, man, that we're, during, during April, we're still going to be paying our taxes. Like, our taxes are still going to them, and then they have to, like, leave them back out to those sort of states. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how... That's how that's If it goes too far, it's going to be so painful. I, I can't imagine it ever going that, that long. Just because I I know how all of it is tied together, yeah. and I can't imagine it going for more than a couple more, like maybe another week or so. Because if it actually this would be the longest, we've already went past the deadline where um, these folks for the past couple of weeks are not getting a paycheck. And so this will be their first paycheck that they're not getting, or their second paycheck that they're not getting. Um, I want to say. And- I want to say it's the they've said it's the first that they're not getting, but if it's been shut down for three weeks, then shouldn't it be the second? Well, it, the last one was probably a small paycheck, like okay. for a partial week or something. I imagine. Yeah. So this is the first one where they're actually not getting a paycheck at all. Yeah. Uh, people are gonna like people are going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna open back up the government. All these people are gonna quit and be like, we found other jobs. Yeah. And then they're gonna have to go into like a. That's what I'm saying. Like the longer the government shut down, the longer it takes it to start back up. And yeah. it's it's not good for anyone. No. It's not it's not good for the White House. It's not good for the Congress. It's not good for the Senate. It's not it's not good for the states. Like eventually the states are gonna sue the government or something because the unions are suing the government mm. over the shutdown because. Our tax dollars. They're going to sue them and be like, hey, our tax dollars are there. Our citizens pay the tax dollars. If you're not going to be able to handle yourself, we need to give us back our tax dollars. Right. Um, so that belongs to us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out
Yeah. Uh, mm. Things will still keep going, but you know. For only well, so think, long. If you can't hire people because you can't do either side. I don't know what people are going to do. Like, private entities are, are, are hurting, too. It's not just the federal government employees. It's private entities can't hire people. Yeah. There's too much pain being touched on by everyone, and right now it's just inconvenient. Yeah. Right now, like, it's going to be harder on people that are poor and have less resources, for sure. Right. Um, it's going to be really hard on our veterans. Oh, because yeah. we won't get any other GI stuff. Um, eventually, their hospitals are going to close. Like, they will be out of money to run the VA, things like that. Yeah. So, there's just too many stories where it's going to pop up to where they're going to be, like, finding stories to play against each other. Mm-hmm. So, Trump is already doing that. He's running those stories, and he's getting, like, these, these people that were undocumented undocumented is the horrible things that he's going to keep playing those in front of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Democrats are going to do the same thing. They're going to keep finding, I will go out and find those veterans that, you know, lost their housing because they couldn't pay the bill. Right. And, and start putting them on TV. It's just going to be hit, hit, hit like that with each other. There's going to be pressure for people who are going to be doing it. So the one thing that Trump did that the Democrats didn't do tonight is Trump asked his people to call Congress and tell them to make a deal. Yeah. 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 He had a call to action. Like, his thing, he was trying to lay out the story that they're doing, they're building the claw because they're living, not because they're not living. Yeah. Um, not because they're hateful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they have a call to action where they're going to get some calls. I guarantee you, all of those people are going to be calling Congress tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And it, I mean, either way it goes, you know, whether, whether the government shuts down or, um, um, hold on just a minute. Um, okay. Oh my God. No. Oh, did you something? Yep. Uh, it looks like <laughs> it looks like only one. Oh, our second half. Our second half just stopped recording i cannot believe that that's you know what i'm i'm back to recording again on the app but i'm i'm very glad that i have my backup (laughs) see this is the what that's what i was afraid i was so afraid that something was going to happen and you know like we were we're going to lose a segment but um, luckily, I've got my backup. So yay! <laughs> yay for me for being productive and thinking ahead. <laughs> oh, um, call that my past self and taking care of my future self. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I I don't know this. 
this whole thing it's it's um it's scary it's so terrifying because i mean either either way it goes um <laughs> either way it goes it's a scary thought keeping the government shut down is scary and opening it back up because he got funding for the wall that's scary that's terrifying like and I really don't I really don't think that there's going to be any negotiating on his part I don't think that he's he's going to take anything else because Nancy Pelosi you know she she offered to pass six bills that they were all they've been all over and he's just like no it doesn't have my wall in it. No. And it's like, are you, are you serious? So I really don't think that there's any kind of negotiating. If the government opens back up again, it's going to be with the wall. And that is terrifying. I, I don't know which is more scary, which is scarier. The a government shut down until 2020 or, or <laughs> building an actual wall. Like none of this makes any sense, but I I do kind of feel as though it is it's a tactic to slow down, um, you know this this <laughs> getting him out of office. Yeah, yeah. I I really feel as though you know he, he's I, I don't think that that's the main reason, but I definitely think that it's a factor. Um, well, you know. Uh, well, Given what we know about presidents doing other things in office, honestly, <laughs> um, I really feel like, so right now we have a Senate majority um, for Republicans and then Democrats took back the House. Mm. Um, the Senate majority was pretty high, though. It's, I don't remember how many, 57 seats or something like that. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so Nancy Pelosi is trying to keep the Democrats and Congress from trying to impeach Trump. Honestly, Mm -hmm. she's trying to keep that off the table. But that's why she's fighting this law so hard. If that's the win that they need to make sure that she can keep them from impeachment. So they're like, if if you build this wall, I can't hold them back from that. It's kind of like where she's at. And then Trump is like, we're going to build the wall because I said I was going to build the wall. And if I don't build the wall, it looks like I caved and I, I didn't do something I said I was going to do. So if I'm not going to be able to do it, I'm going to go down swinging as hard as I can. And people are, are going to know that it's all your all fault that I couldn't do it. Not because, you know, I don't have the political side savviness yeah. to be able to get it done. Um, I kind of feel as though we that we we should give him the funding for it just to see what happens, you know. I because if 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 you know if the, the the Democrats were to cave and just say, okay, fuck it, here here's the money. I I'm I'm a little interested. I'm scared. Don't get me wrong. I'm terrified. But I'm a little bit interested to see what happens next. I really don't think. That this is something oh that gosh. he thought through. Yeah. 
And Trump, I mean, honestly, if Trump gives any funding for that wall, he will go on a tour of the country and say, hey, I told you we were going to build the wall. <laughs> he will just use it as, like, this fundraising thing that he'll just take all over the country. Yeah. Um, like, that's what he'll do with it. Yeah. It's like, hey, we got, I said I was going to get a wall. I shut down the government. We got the wall. <laughs> uh, I think. Because he always, he always plays with a double speak. So whenever yeah. he shut down the wall, he said, talk to those government employees. They say, Mr. President, you keep the government shut down. It's important. We need border security. You get that wall. And then whenever it was coming out, the people were doing these stories, talking about how they couldn't pay their rent and all this stuff. He was, well, you know, all those government employees, that are uh, coming out against the wall or Democrats. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like a, a second ago, they wanted you to build that wall, Mr. President. Now because they're saying, no, we didn't want you to build the wall. No one told you to build the wall. Now they're Democrats. <laughs> he, he lives in that zone, like that yeah. double speak zone, 1984, man, in that book. <laughs> he, lives, he lives there. Yeah. He is constant, constantly there. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know, I, I don't know, it's, it's $5.7 billion in the grand scheme of things will not build a very good wall. No, it's it the won't. Only thing, the only thing that I could be happy about is even if he does get the money like that, the actual kind of wall that they wanted to build, like a, a good cement wall, that's like the Great Wall of China kind of deal, would be for a trillion dollars. I mean, so much more money. Yeah. Um, then getting more money to do upgrades to existing fencing. I uh, and to build new fencing where they think that it's necessary. Uh, it sucks for immigrants. Not not because it's easy for them to get in because there are holes in the walls, but you know the only way you could you could ask for a thousand if you come in not at a designated coughing area. Mm-hmm. Um, but building the wall, it just makes it more dangerous for people that come in that direction. Yeah. Like, that, that's the biggest thing. It puts them um, together. It makes them have to work with coyotes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. The president thought that coyotes were legit coyotes, just being perfectly honest. He was <sighs> very Oh my um, God! And this is—I don't understand how is it that we're that he was—he's in office. I—I I just I it 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 doesn't baffle me. We all know how he got there, but I mean, jeez, it just—it's this is—it doesn't feel like real life. <laughs> yeah. It feels like someone else's life, and. I also wanted to mention really quick, drugs come for like the, the the drugs that he's talking about that are coming in from different countries and and the sex trafficking and or human trafficking, not necessarily sex trafficking, but human trafficking in general, those come from legal points of entry. And I don't think that he realizes that. I don't think that he yeah. knows. Um, and also China ships them to us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, they do. A lot of it, I legalize, I might my, my do like just legalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, 
southern border is mostly cocaine and marijuana. If you legalize marijuana, this is going to solve a good chunk of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, increase tax revenue. Yeah. This is my fine side kind of idea. It's not going to solve immigration by any means. You know, it's, mm. the, the pills and stuff that are coming, the fake pills, the fake opioids, mm-hmm. the pills, that, that's China. Yeah. They're, they're, they're shipping pill presses to the United States. And the United States has gotten one of them, but they have gotten all of them. Yeah. And they're printing fake pills and selling them in the United States. Like, I, the fentanyl and things that people are, are putting, lacing drugs with, I mean, all of this stuff, it has nothing, it has very little to do mm. with the southern border. Yeah, very um, little, very little. It, it, I mean, if it doesn't come in through the southern border, it's going to come in through the northern border. <laughs> right. It's, Right. You know, it's going to come in somehow. As long as we have drug issues in this country where people are seeking those kinds of drugs, mm-hmm. then we're going to have it. So, you know, universal health care, give everybody legalized marijuana, and we'll be 20% of the way there. Oh, yeah. You know, get people things to where they don't have to become addicted. Yeah. Um, Her. 
but they didn't like Trump either. They still voted for Trump because they were hoping he would make the economy better. I really just don't even feel like that's the actual reason. I think that's an excuse, but I don't think that that's the reason why. I mean, you can hate the both of them and see who clearly, clearly would have been better. Yeah, that's kind of my still though on the ground when I talk to people and they're like, man, I, and so the excuse I got the other day, and this is why I feel like I'm trying to find compassion for people that voted for Trump. <laughs> um, you know, is that they're like, I, I didn't like things, but I didn't like Trump. I still don't like Trump. I'm really annoyed that this is going on. I don't like that the government shut down. But, you know, I didn't like Hillary either. Um, there were reasons I didn't like Hillary, and um, I was hoping, <laughs> here's exactly, I will say this exactly as you said it. I knew he had a lot of bankruptcies, <laughs> but I was hoping that he would be better, that he would make the, co- the economy a little bit stronger. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's an, and actu- that's an actual re- thing that people, that people think, that they, they, they think that that's okay to think that way, and it's not. <laughs> At all. In their brain, like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, it's one of those things. Like, I can see not liking Hillary. I, uh, I, I struggled to vote for her too. You know, and yeah. it was. I struggled to vote for anyone. Honestly, that like that last election was rough. Yeah. I still think that Hillary Clinton, the most qualified person who has ever run for the presidential office. Whether I agree with her politics or not, whether I agree with anything she would have done or not, it's, it's honestly like she was so qualified against someone who had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. And I mean, Obama wanted that situation too. He had only been a senator for so long. You know, he was a junior senator. He hadn't done politics that long. And when he ran against Hillary, um, they did the same thing. He, he doesn't have experience. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he kind of, like, needs to learn the one before he, he runs on a national stage. Yeah. And it, it's just charisma. Like, honestly, it's charisma. Trump has charisma. Um, and uh, Obama had this way of pulling people in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, making it so part of the thing and empowering them to take action on things that they cared about. Yeah. And I think Trump, in his own way, has that same thing. He pulls people in and, and, and gets them to say the things they wouldn't normally say <laughs> out loud and to feel like they can't, like, empowers them to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a, it's a strange case study. It's an interesting time to be alive. I'm not sure we're going to, I'm sure we'll survive it. I'm not No way. I I have faith don't survive it. I know that some folks are gonna struggle a lot harder and it than other folks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we've 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 come out of some pretty pretty crazy stuff. We'll definitely survive this, but it's 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 definitely gonna be rough. It will be rough. It will be rough. Well, I think go ahead. That's where we were. 
I think that's where folks should work on is that piece. And in light of it doesn't matter if it's in the White House, or it does. Like, there's going to be crazy things that happen. Mm-hmm. But um, there's work we can do regardless. Right. You know? Right. Um, if the federal government's not feeding people, we should be feeding each other. If, if, mm-hmm. if the federal government can't provide housing, then we should be figuring out how to do housing. Right. This whole thing where the nurses unions are raising $20,000 and canceling $2 million worth of medical debt for people, Yeah. that tactic is amazing to me. And I'm like, how did I not know that that was a possible? <laughs> <laughs> Like, we can just cancel people's debt. Um, <laughs> just buy it and then say, you don't owe this anymore. Like, that's amazing to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But it, there's things that we can do on a local level, but people definitely will do, regardless of who's in office, regardless of what happens. Yeah. It will take time. And, you know, everyone should be like our communities will start coming together and making sure that people are okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 banking on that. I'm, I am. But all right. Well, my phone is at 3%. <laughs> I've been watching it. No, it's this has been perfect. This has been absolutely wonderful. It was everything that I thought that it would be and then some we're sitting here wondering if we had an hour to fill and we're going on we're coming up two minutes and nine seconds or not two minutes two hours and nine minutes on this podcast so I think I think we did good I think we did really good thank you so much for coming on and talking with me Heidi we definitely have to do this again definitely well, you know me. Politics is one of those things that's nice, especially in the past forever. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Politics, oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I get to talk to you in person since I don't see you. I know, I know. My niece actually started going to ETSU, but uh, she's uh, back at, at home in Georgia with my sister, so um, she, I think she, she transferred to Motlow. So that way she can go ahead and get these little courses out of the way while she figures out what she's doing. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I had been meaning to come out there and, you know, see everybody. But while she was there, I'm like, great, now I have an excuse to get out there. And I never made it out there. <laughs> but it was so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Have you guys gotten any snow yet? Yeah, I got eight inches and it was the worst thing ever. Oh my gosh. See, here we haven't had, we've had two light dustings. But today the high was 64 degrees. Somewhere in that area. It, it was... Three degrees warmer than it should be. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, it's going to drop that 30 pretty soon out here. I think tomorrow... 
Yeah, tomorrow here it's going to be 43. It's it's definitely about to drop, but I'm wondering if it's going to pick back up again and we're going to have this wonky weather. I don't I don't really know. I don't really know, but uh, global warming is a thing. <laughs> definitely a thing. Well, thank you so much again. I really do appreciate it. And um, I'll definitely let you know whenever the podcast is out. All right, thanks. All right. Well, I will talk to you later. Thanks again. All right, thanks. Have a good night. You too.